Pastor Xavier Reese with an illuminating psalm of Revelation. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You see it is through God's Word that man comes to a, a place of conviction. It is uh, through the hearing of God's Word that man comes to a place of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's why Jesus Christ told His disciples to go to all the world and preach the Gospel. God's Word makes us wise even as we are simple. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Psalm 19 pulls together two themes woven throughout the book of Psalms, but rarely juxtaposed so closely as we find them in Psalm 19. We find insights into both God's means of teaching and an emphasis on His sovereignty. And continuing a verse-by-verse series today, Pastor Xavier begins a string of psalms from David addressed to the chief musician, starting with a psalm of deliverance. Here's our teacher with today's Simple Truths. Psalm 18 is to the chief musician. It's a psalm of David, and it's a song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hands of Saul. It has a very long title, very specific for the reason. As you know, when David was anointed by God, remain humble and open for God's timing. But as God began to lift him up and to raise him up and exalt him, Saul became very envious, very jealous. And um, he pursued him, as he says in the old King James, as a partridge, just one of those little insignificant animals David compared himself to. And yet God fought for him. And that's probably the hardest thing for you and myself because we are so self-sufficient. God desires to fight for us, and yet... Sometimes we feel that we have to fight for ourselves. It's a natural tendency. It's a natural instinct from the world, at least for me. I I won't say for the most part, I don't know, but for me. It's hard for me to keep quiet. It's hard for me to really trust the Lord in those areas where I I feel so sufficient to handle myself, especially when people are um, against me or, or talk or whatever it is. And it's an area that really the Lord wants us to hand over to Him over and over again. And David um, really just declares us so uh, beautifully here. It's one of the um, most majestic psalms, uh, a worship psalm, and uh, it's practically identical with 1 Samuel chapter 22. But let me just give you a basic breakdown, and then we'll go through it. Uh, verses 1 through 3, you have praise. And then verses 4 through 19, um, you have perils and the power of God. And then verses 20 through 29, you have personal obedience of David. And then verses 30 through 45, personal confidence in God. And then verses 46 through 50, you end up with praise again. Let's begin. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. He's looking to God completely for his victory, for his strength. That does not mean that he is negligent. The New Testament tells us, watch and pray. (laughs) And so we need to be practical. But his confidence and trust is in God. He says, the pangs of death encompassed me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. These are all the perils that are going on. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, And cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry 
came before him, even to his ears. The scriptures are clear about the ear of the Lord being open to the righteous, but to those who practice iniquity, to those who practice deception, to those who deceive themselves, God does not hear. And yet so often people think they can go on sinning and that they still have God's ear. No way. Isaiah 59.1, Psalm 66.18. It doesn't allow us to teach that or to practice or even believe it. And so he says in verse 7, Then the earth shook and trembled. Hear now God on his behalf. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. A cherub is one of the angelic beings. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness a secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters. The thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. And so here David describes of God's intervention and to deliver him miraculously. We read often in the Exodus and different portions of the Judges and even in Joshua's day where God intervened. We read in the scriptures where God will once again intervene when Israel is persecuted by the Antichrist and, and he will intervene miraculously. And he will fight. He will destroy five-sixths of the Russian army in that day when they attack Israel. And he will give favor to his people again. Verse 9, he says, He bowed the heavens also and came down. His darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a chair. He flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness a secret place. As canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstone and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe, lightning in abundance, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. Now remember, Saul was constantly after him and, and how many times he almost caught him. Remember when he was in the cave and David and his men were hiding in there? I mean, God just protected David all the time. But David, when he feared and he didn't trust in the Lord, what did he do? He went over to King Achish and uh, when he got wind that everybody was saying, isn't that David who killed his thousands? And he started getting all freaked out and he began to act like a madman, spit all over his beard and gravel at the door and they brought him to the king and the king says, hey, I, I don't have need another madman. Get him out of here. And yet, when we try to defend our own selves and to really depend on our own strength, we end up looking like David. Spittle all over us and graveling at the door. And yet God wants to fight for us. God wants to go on my behalf. And it's a witness to not only David, but to the people of God throughout the ages, over and over again. Verse 19, he says, He also brought me out into the broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. That's quite a statement. This is not bragging. But remember, this is David in the beginning of his kingdom, before he fell. 
He was a godly man. He was a, a young man who loved God. He had sweet fellowship with God. He walked in obedience. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have now wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. Underline that. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. You and I love mercy. Mercy is less than we deserve. Grace is something we don't deserve. You go to a court, you've got a ticket, you've been going 85 and a 65. And really it should cost you about 150 bucks. And the judge says, just pay $10 and that's all. That's mercy. Less than you deserve. You go before the judge, you say, oh, forget it. That's grace. There's a difference. And so when we call upon God's mercy, which are new every morning, mercy is always identified with those who are in a pitiful state, those who cannot help themselves, those who to depend totally on God, the poor, the widow, the fatherless. It says Jesus had compassion on the multitude. So mercy is always identified with compassion and pity. And here David cries out to that. Verse 26, with the pure, you will show yourself pure and with the device, and with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people but will bring down the haughty looks. For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness, for by you I can run against a troop. He really gets hot here. And by my God I will leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect, the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. Paul the Apostle says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I mean, the position and situations God puts us in. I mean, if you stop and really consider it, who is sufficient for these things? As Paul says, not us. The sufficiency is of God, not of ourselves. And yet, if, if God would show us some of the areas and situations that He's going to have for you and myself in the years to come, we might freak out and run the other way. So He doesn't tell us. He just takes it a step at a time. And yet, how often we see a person going through some very difficult times, tragedies, illnesses, or something, and we say, man, if I went through that, I don't know if I can handle it. But if you would go through it, you would handle it because God is faithful. It's the worrying about it that blows our mind. <laughs> He's faithful. The word of the Lord is proven, tried. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? A metaphor throughout Scripture, the rock is always God. When Jesus told Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, he wasn't speaking about Peter. Thank God. He was speaking about Jesus Christ. He was the Son of the living God. God is the rock. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He strengthens me. He guides me. He makes my feet like deer's feet, and he sets me on high places, just touching the high spots. He teaches my hands to make war. Do you know that the Lord is called the Lord of the wars? Read the Old Testament. He goes before them. He fights the battles. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze strength. 
It's a question that's always asked, um, especially by those who are in the service. Can a Christian or should a Christian serve his country and kill? And yet people always try to use the Old Testament to say that the commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. But the commandment there is for murder. God sent the Israelites out to war, to defend their nation, to stand for righteousness. And I am of the opinion that the scriptures allow us as Christians to defend our nation. Now, if you have a personal conviction that you could not, then that's fine. That's your personal conviction, and I honor it. But I don't think you can teach from the scriptures that military service for your nation, nor capital punishment, is contrary to scripture, neither in the Old nor the New Testament. And some people do have a difficult time making that decision. And if your convictions are so strong, then you need to voice them before you go in and see if you can serve your country in another way. And that's fine. But it's interesting that God, um, David says here, he arms him, uh, he teaches him war. Verse 35, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they were not able to rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hate me. They cried out, but they were none to save them, even to the Lord. But he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. And he says, you have delivered me from the striving of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. And David attributes all of his victory and all of his conquest and all of his position to God. And so David is here proclaiming God's goodness to him, even making him head of the nations, the people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Quite a psalm. Giving all the glory to God, knowing that it was God who had anointed him, called him, and set him up. And so we need to be faithful to what God has called us to be and leave it in God's hands. And just rest. Now Psalm 19 is to the chief musician. It's the Psalm of David. It's the Psalm of God's revelation. Verses 1 through 6, his revelation is through nature. Uh, using the word God, Elohim, the creator. And verses 7 through 14, his revelation through the law. And the name Yahweh is used there seven times in contrast. He says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day... Utter speech, and night unto night reveals 
knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And so we see that God has not left himself without a witness. But even in creation, the book of Romans chapter 1 reminds us of this witness. That the heathen are without excuse. This is called by the theologians general revelation. General revelation consists of two things. Creation and conscience. By creation we know there's a creator. By the design we know there's a designer. By conscience we know that man knows right from wrong. God has put that there. And yet conscience is not sufficient without the guide of God's word because we can callous our conscience, we can destroy it, we can shape it, we can mold it, we can do whatever we want with it. And so here, the witness of the psalmist, David, is that by creation, men are without excuse. They know that God exists. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. I mean, if we were just miles closer to the sun, we would burn up. If we were just miles further, we would freeze. Who in the world figured out where to put the earth? Or where to hang it on nothing, like Isaiah says. <laughs> And keep it there, the Creator. Secondly, the law. He says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, restoring. You see it is through God's Word, Romans 10 tells us, that man comes to a, a place of conviction. It is uh, through the hearing of God's Word that man comes to a place of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so God's Word makes us wise even as we are simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are is pure, enlightening the eyes. We read the Word of God and we come to a knowledge. Oh, Lord, you know, I didn't know that. Or, man, look what the Word says about me. Look what it promises me. Look, here are some warnings. Look, here's the instruction on how I can be victorious. It rejoices our heart. You know, it's interesting that when the New Testament was being proclaimed and written, that many of the past civilizations of uh, Greece and of Rome and Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, Medo-Persian, they had tapped into man's wisdom. And yet, Paul and all the apostles, they never preached anything but Christ Jesus. And they never said, listen, we've got to go back and find some of that truth so we can continue to be enlightened. All you read is Christ Jesus. What a snare it is today that we're trying to mix in philosophy, sociology, and psychology as superior knowledge in the scriptures. What a snare. And we're putting a Christian label on it. The disciples surely did, and they had their schools. And I'm sure they had some form of success on the social level, but it wasn't the superior knowledge of Christ. And yet today we are being sucked into this deception by men who are sincere, but sincerely wrong. I don't believe they're out there to deceive on purpose, but they're doing it, and they're getting awfully rich. <laughs> and it's a crime. We need to depend on the Word of God, the power of the Spirit of God, upon prayer, to do studies on your own in God's Word regarding forgiveness, and pray through until God answers you and gives you that peace. 
or the choice of going to a counselor and justifying yourself and accusing the other party the way you saw it. You see, we need to trust in God's Word and the power of His Spirit and the power of prayer and not to allow these people to say, well, yes, I know you're a Christian, but, you know, there's some things that we have to really get... I'm sorry, I don't see it in Scripture. The Bible says that no man that comes to Christ put his hands to the plow looks back. Paul says, I press towards the mark for the pride, for the high calling of God, that I might apprehend that for which I was apprehended for. And yet that's not what's being preached often today, but a substitute gospel, which really is a bad gospel. Because there's only one good gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, than the honeycomb. I mean, we're to desire the word of God more than gold. I mean, look at the energies that men, Job talks about that. If, if men would search out, the, you know, the wisdom of God as they try to search out gold and silver and they mine them, you know, and they remove mountains and they, they jeopardize their lives and they just abandon their families for years. Why? To get rich. Oh, if we had that desire to be wise in God and we turn off the boob tube for an hour, pray an hour, and get seven hours sleep instead of eight. This is what the psalmist is saying. There's where the victory is, man. We're to be men and women of God. And if we're going to be men and women of God, then we have to do those things that are going to make us godly. And that is to have a disciplined life in the Word, in prayer, and in fellowship, and in service. And then we will see the power of God rest upon us. Then we will be able to comfort others with the comfort we have been comforted of. Then we will be able to say, this is that which Jesus said. Then we will be able to pray for people in faith and say, hey, the Lord is able. But the problem is often people come and say, well, I have the venue. You can go, well, I don't know. Uh, have you seen a professional? <laughs> and we're almost fearful to say, the Lord can take care of that. As if Jesus doesn't work anymore today. Not so. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. You ever have a psychologist warn you not to commit adultery? They usually advise you to. Have you ever been in a college class in logic and philosophy, in the humanities, and they warned you about bad company, about lying, about cheating? No, they're not interested in that. Not at all. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. First reward, you live in peace. Second reward, you have joy in your life. Third reward, you know you're pleasing God. Fourth reward, God will use your life for people to come to Christ. Fifth reward, when you speak to others, you won't be lying. A lot of things that we have to think about. Who can understand his errors? Clean me from secret faults. You see, you and I don't even know our hearts. And it's when I come to the Word and I read and I meditate, and I go, Lord, and I'm open, I come, and, and I'm just having fellowship with Him. I'm reading, I go, oh, that's neat. And I cross-reference here, and all of a sudden, the Lord says, hey, here's where you're at, X. Oh, Lord, I'm there. Oh, forgive me, Lord. 
How does that happen? As I spend time in the Word. Pastor Xavier Reese and the sufficiency of the Lord, a promise of God in exchange for our dependence on Him. More simple truths we glean from a study of the Psalms. And you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But you can also request your own CD copy of this encouraging study from a verse-by-verse study series of the Book of Psalms. Today's message is simply titled Psalms, Chapters 18-25 through and is available for only $4 upon request. Once again, the title to ask for is Psalms, Chapters 18-25. through Or you can always just mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths from the Book of Psalms, right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com